0: Everybody else, Wide Receiver Day, is that what we're calling it? Best of the rest? Yeah, I don't it? even remember what day of the week it is, so it's uh, right, right. Wide Receiver Day. Right, there is there is a reason, folks, why our schedule and release of these podcasts have been all over the place, and it's an announcement that we will be making on the next episode of the podcast when we have the top fives, but you will hear why things have been a little bit weird, why we're a day behind, but we are doubling don't, up. Don't. It's what? a. C. Just just never tell them just just they (laughs) They just have to adjust on the fly. Uh, It is an announcement that has to do with this very podcast. And so uh, if you're listening to this, we would highly encourage you to listen to the next episode as well. That's not just a teaser for extra download points, but uh, we do have an announcement that we want to give you that will also clear up why we've been uh, a couple of days or a a couple of hours. I guess only one day late on the schedules. But today we're trying to make up for it. We have watched eight wide receivers so far this week here on the Summer Scouting Series. We're going to like double the number. We might even get close to 20 today as as we talk about as many wide receivers as we possibly can to get you our thoughts, our scouting notes, uh, just our uh, early takeaways from some of these guys who will be playing college football this upcoming season and uh, whose names could be prominent when it comes to the 2022 NFL Draft. Ben, before we get into... A little bit of a rapid fire. We're going to go with a little bit of a no huddle sped up pace here for this podcast. We're going to try to get to as many guys as possible. Uh, I have to ask you, how are you, my friend?
1: Everything is delicious. I appreciate you asking. I um, have just gone directly back to hacking up a lung now that I've finished the meds that I got to be able to get through the podcast. So I'm slowly dying. But besides that, everything's great.
0: Ben said that he had finished the antibiotic steroids that he was on, and I responded to him before we started recording that he should now just take real steroids instead and see if that works.
1: The only uh, acceptable natural progression, I would say. Yeah, of course.
0: Just start doing exclusively bicep curls and just taking uh, steroids. Uh, The YouTube algorithm keeps on
1: recommending workout videos to me, and I really don't like it. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think I. I'm, I don't think I think YouTube knows more about me than it should, and I think it's trying to tell me things. And I don't appreciate YouTube's commentary on my life choices.
0: There was a there was a a period of time uh, a long time ago, and by that I mean like last week, where like I would just consistently Google like Chris Hemsworth Thor workout or like Chris Evans. Captain America workout or like what, like literally just like an Avenger and the actor's name and then a workout or like Michael B. Jordan for Creed who could very well be an Avenger, honestly. But like, there was just a a point in time to where I was Googling those things so much to find out any information that I could about it that, yeah, uh, the algorithm just got absolutely whacked for me and everything that I saw on YouTube was about that. I like, I get
1: football highlight videos and I get like chess streamers and I get like woodworkers, and then I get like, "Are you skinny fat?" I'm like, "Yeah, I am skinny
0: fat." Why? <laughs> you don't have to the... just <laughs> in all caps? It's just the thumbnail, yeah. just those words. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like how you can go like if you were you
1: like really small in high school and now your metabolism isn't the same. I'm like, stop it. Like I don't, you don't need to know <laughs> all of these things this well, this freely. You can be more confused or surprised, but. That's how the algorithm works.
0: Yep, that's why they know us so well. They're getting you to click, and gosh darn it, you clicked it, didn't you? Don't lie to me. Don't
1: lie to me. Well, it had like 3.5 million views. I was like, there's got to be something in here. Of course. People are looking at for some
0: reason. Okay, what wide receiver do you want to start with today as we enter into our uh, best of the rest conversation here with these guys?
1: Um... I brought I, I mentioned Anaya Smith as somebody that I really liked uh, as the running back wide receiver kind of hybrid player out of out of Texas A and M. So we want to start with
0: him. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we can start with Anaya Smith. So Anaya, I was looking up in his background. He played. He played quarterback, running back, and wide receiver in high school, and that's not really a shock when you look at how Texas A&M it. uses him. But it's just and he, the offensive tackle. He does. He did everything in high school. I was reading some of his his uh, senior year stats, and he just any time the high school head coach could get this guy the football, he did. And you know what? Great decision. I think it's a fantastic decision. He's a junior going into this year. He's five foot ten, about one hundred and ninety pounds. Depending on what game you watch. You could think of him as a running back or a wide receiver, but more often than not, he is playing as a slot wide receiver. So that's why we have him here in the wide receiver category. I think there's going to be some analysts out there who are like, put him at running back, just do it. And I'd be like, okay, fine, I guess. But I do think that he's going to bring you more value in the passing game uh, by learning how to really be that slot receiver type. So you said you liked him. What would you like about him?
1: Yeah, it, it is worth right? remarking he had more carries this past year, 49, uh, than he had receptions, 43. Uh, with that said, because of the nature of Texas A&M's receiving core, uh, his 564 receiving yards were the most of any Texas A&M receiver this year. And so it's kind of like, what the frick? You know what I mean? Like, that's weird and not really how it, it usually goes Um and he does get a fair number of, of design touches, right? He's their screen catch player, which they don't run a ton of screens at Texas A&M, but he's he's their screen guy, uh, and he's going to be there there <clears throat> underneath, you know, motion guy. They're on split zone. And they're going to bring him in motion and dump it off them in the flat. And like that design stuff buffs up his his catch numbers a little bit, and subsequently his yards. But there's no two ways about it. Like he is quick as a wink, uh, and so when it comes to separation stuff in the short area, right? When it comes to option routes and working off of quick stems and Anything that they wanted to throw off that one step, three step drop from gun with Kellen Maughan, pretty much anything quick game. Uh, they have that great tight end, Jalen Weidemeyer, who certainly is going to be a summer scouting feature guy because he's awesome. And they had an Smith and that's who they, they fed that quick game through. And, uh, if Kadarius Tony can go round one, Anaya Smith should be going round one, right? Which ah, is not yeah. Which is not to say Anaya Smith. It's not to say Kadarius Tony should have gone round one, or Anaya Smith should. Because I don't think either is true. Mm-hmm. Nor is it to say that Anaya Smith has the same, just absurd like contact balance, change of direction, right? Like the crazy angles that Kadarius Tony could play through. I don't think Smith has that. But in terms of the routes that they run, how they get their production and yep. their efficacy at it, Smith's right there with Tony. Yeah. Uh, just in terms of you're going to run him on everything shallow. He's going to be able to separate against anybody who's trying to play him with leverage, like a safety or a linebacker, because they just simply don't have the quicks to stick with him. Um, and you're not typically going to see good enough slot corners of the college level to ride with him in man coverage across, across the formation. Uh, Smith's got good tackle breaking ability as well. Uh, he's got the agility to make guys miss. He's got some contact strength to survive. It's not the same as Tony, but it's up there. And so when we talk about fun gadget players, uh, slot receivers, that's Anaya Smith in that mold. You do Right now, ask yourself, how much does this guy matter more than 10 yards down the field? Because you really didn't see it much last year with Mond. I don't think you'll see it any more so with whoever plays quarterback for the Aggies this year. Uh, You haven't really seen a a diverse receiving profile down the field. Uh, It's all about creating after the catch. He's got returner ability. Uh, So you understand that's why they're just trying to get the ball in his hands. So that's going to put a cap on his ceiling. But for... Teams looking for players to give the ball to within five yards of the line of scrimmage. You know, we talked about Traylon Burks yesterday, who I really, really like. Anais Smith's probably number two in this class, barring like, you know, John Mechie and some of the, you know, like the guys who are like really like three level threats but are very good at this. Anais Smith's right up there with Burks in terms of a dangerous player that you want to get the ball to quickly.
0: Yeah, nice is fun. And I'm I'm glad that you brought up the Getarius Tony sort of comparison there because I was going to bring it up as well and it's maybe less of a comparison and more of just a that's the path he's on like that's the journey he's on as a player because when I watched Anias last year in the tape from last season it was very much like Kadarius was before last year because when he came into his own last year really as much more of a wide receiver than he had ever been he was truly just an athlete like for the first Couple of years that he was at UF, they were just trying to throw him out on the field because they're like, this guy's uniquely athletic. He's got incredible speed. His balance is insane. We want to get him the football, but he just he doesn't have the other positions mastered enough. He didn't. He's not a master of anything. A slot wide receiver, an outside wide receiver, running back, nothing. So we're just trying to put him out there where we can. And it really wasn't until that last season that we saw him kind of come into his own as a slot receiver weapon. I feel like that's the journey that aniah Smith is on. And I agree with you. I think that Tony going round one, I don't think Tony should have gone round one. Uh, I thought that was a little bit of an overdraft right. by the Giants. I thought he was firmly kind of like a day two guy. And if you wanted to draft him at the beginning of day two, okay, sure, take a chance on him because he's very unique uh, in his athletic ability. I don't think Anias is as athletic as Kadarius Tony is. I don't think he's also as strong as Kadarius Tony is. So I think that he's a fun gadget weapon, and I think there's going to be a place for him in the NFL because I do think that he's... Um, unique in his own way. But, you know, you mentioned he's not really a downfield threat. Didn't really have a ton of experience in that area from Kellen Mond, as you mentioned, but you know, Kadarius was further along in that regard. I think Kadarius brought more to the table when it came to contact balance and strength and overall athleticism. And so, if you want to call him the Kadarius Tony of this draft class, it's fine but he's not quite there yet. You got to realize that that's quite the prediction for him going into this season. And maybe he lights it up. Maybe he, maybe he tears up college football and plays really, really well, but that's the path he's on. He's not quite there yet. That's kind of where I view him uh, in his talents in this class.
1: Yeah. And it's worth noting that that A&M Jimbo Fisher offense, uh, has less in the cupboard for a player like Smith than the Brad Johnson, Florida offense had for a guy like Tony, just in terms of creative stuff. Right. Right. Um, that that Dan Mullen offense is just so much more spready. It uh, is. It's so much it more is. about athletes in space than the A and M offense is, which is about it's more West Coast. It's more about leverage and it's more about routes and so
0: we'll see if it changes at all with their quarterback yeah.
1: this year. So Which do we know who like the freaking AM is so good. They have so many good players. They have a first round offensive lineman we're gonna talk about, they have a first round defense lineman we're gonna talk about. What you... they're 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 very, very good. They need to Quarterback.
0: I don't I don't know who their quarterback is. Why weren't they in the transfer market, man? Zach Calzada. Yeah, he's that freshman, yeah. Haynes King. Well, he's a redshirt sophomore now. The oh, freshman Haynes line is, is Haynes the, is the freshman is uh Haynes is a redshirt freshman. Haynes King, and then Eli Stowers is the freshman, like mm. the true freshman. Okay. I don't know anything about him. Well, I don't know anything about these dudes. You want to talk about you want to talk about Zay Flowers next? Like somewhat similar of a, a nice mold?
1: Yeah, but I was I was I really liked Zay Flowers off of live watching and I was a little disappointed watching him uh watching him back and so yeah. it'd be sad. Yeah,
0: yeah. well, all right. Yeah. All right. so yeah. junior, yeah. junior, State Boston Fire. College, uh Phil Yerkovich's main target there, uh for the Golden Eagles. About five eleven, buck seventy five, he's a smaller dude. He's explosive though. I mean he's got the juice. He plays that slot receiver role for him and he he bursts off the line of scrimmage and he's just immediately off the he, he jumps off the tape. So what'd you think of him? I didn't really think he was all that explosive. I think he's quick. And and, and
1: I, I know, like, Anaya I Smith's also, he's more quick than he is explosive. I think Zay is super quick. I think Zay is a much better route runner. Uh, and You see him work. He's a more true receiver. He's yeah. just done that longer, right. I think. Firstly, the poor guy runs 10 miles a game because Boston College has <laughs> so much goddang motion, which is great. And they just run Zay in in, in motion, just a motion, a zip motion, whatever you want to call it, a cross motion, where he's going from one side of the formation to the other, and they're snapping the ball as he goes behind the quarterback, Right, quarterback center, center. He's running that motion 30 times a game, and it's for like one jet sweep. And like three Wait. times they like Wait. boot and throw him. What? Did
0: you watch the UNC game for him? Uh, yes. Okay, there were so many times when he was coming in motion behind the line of scrimmage as the ball was being snapped that he, he was coming across the line behind the line, and Chaz Surratt, the linebacker from UNC, who's now in the NFL, he would, they they wouldn't block him, and he'd, like, be coming off the edge. And there were so many times where I just wanted Zay Flowers to just Boom! Like put a shoulder into him, like full speed, like forget the forget the route into the flat, because that was the whole point of getting him mm. in jet motion, and then he's going out to the flat. So hopefully you could dump it off to him with momentum. He can get up the sideline and get you extra yards. I just wanted him full momentum to just stick the shoulder straight in the chest of of Chats Rat just one time. Just decleat the dude one time. Yeah, and he'll, well, here's the and, problem with that, brother. What? Five a buck eighty. Right, but like if he did that. Once, one time with full momentum, Chaz Surratt would like hesitate every single time he went off the edge from then on, from that moment forward. There were just so many, there were a bunch of times when he could have done it, and I wish he just, I just wish he would have just like hit him one time. And I like Chaz Surratt, so it's literally nothing against Chaz Surratt at all whatsoever. I just kept watching the tape and thinking that I wish he would have done that once.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, guys. Zay doesn't really have a lot of stopping power. Now, If you're not going to be able to break tackles, you're not going to be able to be physical, you better be slippery. Holy Moses, Zay Flowers is slippery. Uh, He is really, really, really fun to watch. They like to work him on the deep comeback and the outbreaking pattern. And the reason that you like that is because you're going to have a corner or, you know, a guy in coverage, the corner, closing in downhill at high speeds, thinking that since he has Zay pinned up against the sideline, he's going to have an angle on the tackle and flowers just become smoke so quickly. He's got that stop start ability, right? He's got that duck, the shoulder, you know, uh, reduce the head, change the angle a little bit make guys come in too high over the top of him. He's got really, really nice elusiveness. When you get him isolated in That vertical third, uh, and so you, even if you if you watch the Duke game, I remember they, they opened the season against Duke. He's got a couple plays against Duke where he like crosses field, and he's just like bobbing and weaving through so many of these like heavy footed linebackers, you know, these edge rushers who are trying to get back involved in the play. Like, he's just a slippery, slippery guy. That fluidity also shows up as a route runner. Um, that outbreaking route when they work him out of the slot, like, he understands how to get that done you know he'll stem on you he'll show vertical he'll lean into you you know lean that inside shoulder and then just pop be able to explode to the outside he's got that route so he's very traditional slot build very traditional slot skill set and i think he's got more uh in terms of elusiveness and the ability to, to to make guys miss in space than you even typically see from a slot prospect coming out with that said there's clear physicality problems does not like contact doesn't like having to catch through contact Anything. there's drops
0: yeah, he got Go ball, he's
1: got ball security issues too. Yeah, there's drops problems. Yeah, uh, right. It, 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 and 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 the ball security issues is because he tries to become a runner really 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 fast after he catches it, and so that means there's times that there's just there are catches he should make that he doesn't make because he's afraid of getting hit and because he's getting hit. And for every Boston College fan that's watching, yes, I watched Virginia. I watched him catch a touchdown and get blown up. Like it's just you know he makes efforts. It's just that's not. It's clearly not his game, right? Uh, and so there's there's drops issues, there's there's, there's right, ball security, and, and there's toughness issues. And then there's size issues, right? He's 5'10", uh, 180 listed. Boy, he's got chicken legs. Uh, uh, I don't even know if he's 180. Uh, and I think that you the, with the increased impetus on slot receivers being able to block in the league, he's got to be able to carry a little more mass and got to be able to be at least passable there. Um, otherwise you're looking at like a shy Smith sort of a player, mm-hmm. which even, even then I don't, I like shy was t- tough as nails, man. He was, um, yeah. Right. Yeah. But anyway, just w- once you start talking about you're the best of the slots, you're the best of the undersized quick separators. It's just, there's such a cap on how early that's going to get drafted. Right. And so if flowers can show a more dynamic outside vertical downfield receiving profile just to put him in the Marquise Brown family. Or if he can get a little bit bigger and show a little bit more mm-hmm. toughness, just to put him in the Shy Smith family, then I think we are cooking with a bit more gas. But as of right now, he's just a role player, and he's yeah. a good role player, but yeah. he's just that,
0: and that's fine for day three. But it is day three. I th- I just think he's got to get. I mean, I don't want to say. I don't want to say the word tougher. Like tougher makes him like a like like he's soft. Like I I, I don't want to say the word tougher, but like he's just got to get more strength in his game, no doubt about it. I mean, when when the ball gets to him, it's got to be a sure thing kind of a catch, especially when you're, when you're a slot guy, man, for as elusive as he is. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a trait that allows you to catch a lot of passes with separation from defenders. And often that can help alleviate a lack of contested catchability, but eventually in the NFL, these defenses are too fast. Like you're just go, if you're a slot receiver, you're gonna have to catch through contact. And I think that that's just the area that I've got to see his game pop up uh, a little bit more. Because I, you're going back to what I said at the beginning. I do think that he's got the juice, man. I, I think that he's got no wasted steps out of that stance. He is getting into his top speed quick. I think he is he is is elusive. He's pretty smooth mover. May I mean I guess maybe he's not a downfield threat like you mentioned with Marquise Brown, but. I, I I think he was a good slot receiver, but that was the biggest area of concern for me. Is that I like this dude as a slot receiver, but you got to be reliable. You're gonna get popped, man. You're gonna get hands right. in there. You're Great you're point. gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get bumped all the time, and you've got to be able to come down with the ball. Have to. So for as fast as A Flowers is, he's got a little bit get a little bit more strength in the game. What about Dante Demas Jr.? You texted me a couple of days ago and said, "Hey, you better watch." Dante Demas Jr. for when we get to best of this day because he's a fun wide receiver. What would you think of him? Did you did you get a chance to watch him or not? I, I did. I did. So, actually, before Ben gets to that, Maryland product. So, Dante Demas Jr., Maryland player, 6'3", 217 is what he's listed at. So, we've got prototypical NFL size, right? He's a senior going into this season. Brings you a lot of pro- – I mean, I mentioned a guy like George Pickens on our previous podcast where I looked at George, George Pickens. Pickens. I looked at his measurables and I was like, okay, this is a prototypical kind of receiver. That's the build you're looking for for an outside guy. You know, not a guy who's just, oh, you know, like he's Drake London where he's he's just too big and you can never expect some speed from him, or oh, he's you know six feet and he you can't expect things to be a uh, you can't expect for him to go up over the rim and get contested catches. No, okay, six two, mm-hmm. six three, like that's a that, that's a good height for you. That's a good area for you to have. All around skill as an outside kind of a wide receiver, and I feel like that gives you the ability to mold into a wide receiver. One and so, I think right off the bat, when you look at the measurable numbers, Dante Demas presents himself as a guy that has these kind of numbers. But what'd you think about the height, the weight, the physical profile when you put him on tape?
1: Yeah, cook him with gas, Dante Demas. This is uh, this is for real. Six, all right, six, three, two, 17 is the list, I would say like six, three, two, 10. Uh, hips work. Yeah, he is not stiff. And when you're when you're this big at all, yeah, uh, when you're this big and you're this tall, he's an upright dude, uh, you know, like long strider. You just you expect those transitions to be a little bit segmented and a little bit lengthened uh, and you expect him to just be a player who's going to exist on straight lines simply is not the case. Uh, he can sink, he can bend, he can turn the corner. Uh, he's got more explosiveness, more more short area acceleration than people realize. So when they, they hit him on those drag routes, he's able to turn those corners. They'll throw him the quick curl, right? They'll throw him the, the quick stop route, and they'll let him make guys miss in space, right? He does his best as A Flowers impersonation, right? With the stop start, with the dead leg. You know what I mean? He is got legit movement skills. Uh, impressive athlete for 6'3", 210, 2, 215, built as linearly as he is. Then when you get him on the vertical third route patterns, which is obviously where he's going to make his money and where you expect him to be uh, at his best stuff, he understands how to modulate speeds too. Uh, He's got polish to his game where you know he's working double moves or he's working back shoulder or he's trying to maintain the red line and he knows how to change his pace change the way his body is framed drop his shoulders drop his elbows give you that look like he's about to accelerate and then slam on the brakes or you know give you that double move and then be able to pick his head back up and go like he understands how to change his speeds he's got multiple gears and that's what allows him to separate is too rich of a word because I don't think he's necessarily a a great separator, but Mm. it allows him to get the leverage that he needs, get the body positioning that he needs, and then he can be big, long, strong in your face. He can elevate on you as well. Uh, So he's going to be able to make all those plays. Uh, He has good hands, has dumb drops, but has good hands. So it's not like I have a problem catching the football or framing the football. It's more so sometimes I have a problem with concentration drops, um, which is frustrating. Um, And I do think that his jump ball timing track and adjust do leave some things to be desired sometimes he's late to adjust to the football down the field but uh x receiver size x receiver athleticism Mm -hmm. has demonstrated three level uh threat at all three levels right three level traits and the ability to win in multiple ways Mm -hmm. the one big thing that remains is the the releases against press gotta get cleaned up because if we're going to be able to say, all right, right he's an extra receiver prospect, right. then that's the, that's, that's the big hill that remains. And let's be honest, most of the time when you have players who have that entire laundry list checked off the way I just checked it off, but then they don't have great releases, they'll still get drafted fairly highly because the NFL understands that you just don't get the same work against press at college than you do at the pro level. Mm-hmm. With that said, uh, Demas knows that he can win with uh, high weight speed. And so he just tries to win races, and he has to learn how to get his hands more involved in his releases. And he can honestly probably get away with a little bit more fancy footwork as well. I like the fact that he's no-nonsense, because he knows where his bread is buttered, but he's got to learn how to get his hands more involved. He's got to learn how to reduce his shoulder. He's got to learn how to win with physicality in five yards because he has length and he has strength and he doesn't use it as much as he should. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to tell lies with your feet, then you have to recruit your entire body to win those leverage points. Like I said, he's not going to be a separator. So if you're just going to win with body positioning, you have to do the little stuff right. And I don't think he's there yet. So I'd like to see him better against press. Everything else, X receiver prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he going to be like better than... You know, Chris Olave, was like a Z receiver prospect, no. But when teams go to draft receivers, they want to find guys who can potentially play the X. Yeah. And demons has that body type and has that skill set. Very legit prospect.
0: Le- the league is going to bet on this dude. And I'll tell you, like, I don't even, th- I don't even think he knows what he's doing. I'm yet.
1: stunned that he's. I didn't realize he was a senior.
0: That's crazy to me. Well, I, well I'm, I'm I mean, about him, brother. Have you seen his production? He didn't yeah. have any. It's it, like, it's, 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 quarterback sucks. It, well, that, well, that's the thing. Nobody's, nobody's played quarterback at Maryland. His freshman season. All right. His freshman season played seven games, had 278 total yards in seven games. His sophomore season, he played 12 games, had 625 yards in 12 games. He only had 625 yards. His junior, he only played five games and had 365 yards. He's never had more than 625 yards in a season. Like, and that was that was playing a 12-game schedule. Like, there's, there's no quarterback play, Maryland. That's it. Like, they have this. I, I do not think that Dante Dimas even knows what he's doing yet because Maryland's offense has no idea what they're doing. Maryland's quarterback play has no idea what they're doing over the last couple of years. And so, like, it's been hard for this dude to grow. The one thing that I do know is that dudes who are 6'3", fifteen, whatever it is, like, They don't flip their hips like this dude does. Like this dude, this dude goes to make a comeback and it's butter. It's like a guy who's three inches and 20 pounds lighter than him, man. He is flexible for a big dude, you know? And I I think that, you know, we can sit here and talk about, you you did a good job of highlighting some of the technical things that have yet to really consistently show up in his game. I simply think the NFL is going to be like, okay, we're drafting this dude in the mid-rounds. I don't care fourth fifth oh, yeah, round yeah. whatever give me dante dimas give me that dude i will get you a good wide receiver coach at the next level and i think this dude could be really nice <laughs> i do uh because right now i think he's a little bit robotic it's not coming natural to him you can tell he's like thinking too hard at sometimes at like the little things that he should do it's just not na- he's just not super natural. but what he is natural in is that athletic ability at that size. And I, I feel like the best is going to be yet to come for Dante Demas. I think he's going to be a better pro than he is going to be a college ball player. And that's without even seeing his final year in college. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know how much is going to change this year, but I bet you the NFL still goes, yeah, we don't care. We're drafting this guy in the mid rounds. Like it doesn't matter. We're taking a chance. on.
1: So uh, he reminds me coming out, of what DJ Chark was coming out of LSU, just in terms of where they were developmentally, right? In the sense of you're like, all right, clearly all of the physical tools are here. And we've seen flashes with everything. But it's a matter of how much time is it going to take to get you to the polish that we need you to get to be able to call you an X receiver. Mm -hmm. So I think right now, like Chark is what, three years into his pro career? He had the the 1,000-yard receiving season in his second year. right? And I think, right, And also like, you know, shaky quarterback play, uh, you know, in Jacksonville. But I think that you would say of Chark that he looks like a player who could become that X receiver. He's still kind of getting there in year four. He obviously plays the X for them. It's just like, you know, it's still kind of ironing all that out. And that's why I think you're going to see a similar sort of arc for Demas.
0: All right. Got an ad. We got to read. Never get into a bunch more. I got to read an ad. Got to read an ad. Fine. Folks. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the increasing number of makes and models that are on the road right now, it's impossible for your local auto parts chain to have all the parts that that you would need so if you're going in whether it's you're you're trying to fix something whether you're trying to upgrade on your car whatever there's a good chance that you're going to walk up to the to the desk and you're gonna say hey i'm looking to get this part and they go okay well we don't have it so we got to order it for you anyways just do that yourself go to rockauto.com find the part yourself order it yourself cut out the middleman altogether. whether you're a do-it-yourselfer whether you're a professional whatever it is rockauto.com is going to be there for you their catalog is super easy to navigate super easy to find your code. just go RockAuto.com right now, left side of the screen. You'll be able to find your exact make and model and all of the parts that they have for your vehicle. If you don't see exactly what you're looking for, hit them up. They got great customer service. They'll be able to help you out. If you end up uh, talking to them, please just let them know that Locked On NFL Draft sent you uh, their way. It would really help out Ben and I. They got an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you are ever going to need over at RockAuto.com. We're going to get to whatever player Ben was super excited to get to right after the break. All right, Ben, floor is yours. You almost, you almost ran straight through the ad to get to this next player, so we better be good. Who is it?
1: Well, it was, was going to nicely flow off of Demas, but whatever. We can just break it up with that. Well,
0: this guy's got to be a top five <laughs> wide receiver for you in the next podcast.
1: Well, no, because that's not... No, ah, uh, it has to hey, be. Hey, 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 hey. No. <laughs> okay. What I was going to Please. say was... Uh, when you watch Demas... The player you expect to see is the player that Jalen Tolbert for South Alabama is. Uh, I do, So I didn't watch Tolbert yeah. at all. So this is all you. Right. So Tolbert, rising junior, uh, he's a field stretching phenom uh, for South Alabama. And he is just 100. He's, he's he's 6'3. I think he's listed 195. I'd make him at around 200. Uh, I'm going to watch had, his
0: highlights while you explain this.
1: All right. So he had, you know, no no uh, production issues. He had 64 catches, uh 1100 yards and eight touchdowns last season. Uh he is linear guy who just is simply more explosive and faster than you expect for a guy of his size. And he mm-hmm. just eats people up because of it. Uh, and so same issue with the releases, right? Like when he's got press coverage, I mean, he just, 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 he's just pumping his arms. Like there's no recruitment of the upper half at all. He's just trying to win a race to a corner. He often can, and he's got more pickup than, than you would expect for a, a player of his size. Like I said, uh, so he's able to win within that five yards, 10 yards. And then he opens up his stride and he's able to maintain that distance, catch those long balls and go. And they throw him the, the, the stop route, right. They throw him the comeback route. and again. He's working just to get vertical, right? He's working just to explode upfield. He doesn't have he doesn't snap it off with the same fluidity. So when we're talking about wow, Demas, and he's carrying 215 and he's got such such good fluidity, such good flexibility. Tolbert, who carries less weight, is is a stiffer player, right? He is, he is a player who's just going to exist in that vertical third and be successful there. Uh, very, I just, uh hold on, so, hold on.
0: Wait, wait, wait. I just watched him catch a deep touchdown in the end zone on this highlight. Then he did so mossing the defender and then stares at the defender who is on the ground and rocks the baby just staring at him. So I'm already a big fan. Go on. That's, listen, we love to see it. We we love to baby, see it.
1: Rocking the baby is a very good celebration. And it's, it's, under, especially- it's
0: underrated too. It doesn't get utilized. It really doesn't. I feel like it's, 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 it's like an old, like an old vintage one. It's really good. It's 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 good in basketball, obviously, but it's good in football when
1: you still have the football, right? In basketball, you, you do it when you don't have the basketball anymore. In football, you get to do it when you still have the football, and I like that. Um, hands are inconsistent. Uh, examples of body catching, uh, when there are instances in which he should be body catching. Um, elevation ability is also inconsistent. Uh, he'd rather stay tethered to the ground uh, than have to go up into the air, and I think that he... Could use a little bit more weight. Uh, could use a little bit more mass. He's generally pretty lengthy, uh, lanky. Excuse me. Um, but arm length is great. Explosiveness is great. Does have the ability to get high to the top of an arc. Does have, I think, a, a good vertical jump. And he's just got straight runaway speed when he's dealing with other Converse USA teams. Like, he's just burning cats, deep posts, deep nines. Like, he's able to outrun everybody. Uh, so being able to deal with physicality better is going to be an important part of his NFL projection. It's going to be what makes him a day three guy who can stick. But if you think about like what Jalen Guyton has become for the Chargers, right. As I think an undrafted free agent out of North Texas, but he's Mm -hmm. been like wide receiver three for them because they're an explosive passing game and he's big, long. and can absolutely fly. That's Jalen Tolbert, uh, a speed threat. who's going to be able to stick on teams who demand that their receivers have workable size. So he's that speed threat that isn't, you know, 5'9", 185, right? He's at speed that's 6'3", 200, and that's to his advantage. Uh, and so Jalen Guyton sort of player is where we're at with Tolbert. That's more so what you expect from players of this body type, um,
0: and that's what you get in him. Did you watch Ty Fry Fogle from Indiana? No, I know it's your boy. Because I'm nervous at how much I like this dude, man. Because. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because this there's is no, there's no better feeling when you're like I might be an idiot Well, well, well I because, him. it's because I, I I I could see him falling into the trap of the other players that we have liked over the years he sh- who shall not be named JJ Ortega Whiteside where this is a taller receiver uh fry Fogle is six two two fifteen he's a red shirt senior and he's just a contested catch machine man. I mean, whether it was second and long, third down, uh, gotta have it, red zone, deep pass late in the game, and whatever it is, like, when Indiana needed a big play, they've got failure, who they also went to, but, like, Ty Freifogel was the guy. And it, uh, the reason why I'm worried here is because he gets a lot of instances to have contested catches because he does not separate. He is just, he's hes not a super separator right. kind of a guy. I mean, he, you know, he he has the hands working. He's got the feet working when he's getting out of his stance and when he's getting into his stem. So it's not like he doesn't really know what he's doing. I mean, or at least like he's showing effort towards it. I think the technique could be a little bit better in exactly how he gets off of press coverage. But he understands that's an important part of playing the game when you're a bigger wide receiver. And he doesn't separate a lot. But he catches the ball. But, he, <laughs> but he, comes, he comes down with it every freaking time. And the dude, whether he's getting hit over the middle or whether he's getting dragged down or whether it's in the end zone, outside of the end zone, at the sideline, he just gets up and just goes, yup, this is what I do. This is why you throw me the football. And it's so difficult to kind of scout off of this you know, emotional connection that you have to these players. But of everybody that we watch, and there's a lot of really talented wide receivers, if it was like, hey, man, I need this catch. I need this catch to move the sticks, to keep things going, to get into field goal range, to get in the end zone, whatever, I'd tell you that Ty Fryfogle is right up there with the best of them that we've watched. He is just that reliable of a wide receiver. Um, I think he's got to get, of course, a little bit more precise in how he gets off of press, how he gets into his stem, how he gets into his routes. And he needs to, of course, be when you're a bigger guy who doesn't separate naturally with athleticism, you've got to be able to fool defenders with your feet or really set them up or have a knack for really finding that open space because it's not, it's not going to come naturally to him when he's cheering his legs and when he's running with his athleticism. But even if that's the case man I've got full faith in this guy to be a great contested catch player how much he could be much more than that I'm not so sure but he is a guy who I really like
1: ah uh, sounds like he's going to be bad for me uh, he's yeah gonna, he's gonna
0: he's going to be bad for you um yeah who else who else that's do you right. want to talk about that's how we learned. who do you, who else you want to talk about
1: um i uh i also watched Romeo Dubs uh from Nevada which
0: is it dubs Great or dubs? Because I want to call them dubs. Doobs.
1: Yeah, but I want to call them dubs. Yeah, but, but I want to say dubs.
0: Doobs. Yeah, but it's Romeo dubs. Yeah, but it's D O U B S. I wanna say dubs. Yeah. Listen, Nevada Pronunciation Guide twenty nineteen, I found it on the internet. Dubs. All right, fine. You talk about dubs and then uh we'll at least talk about Justin Ross and Reggie Roberson before we get out of here. Yeah.
1: Alright, so yeah, I'll get I'll get the, the two guys I watched that I know you didn't watch, uh Romeo Dubbs of uh, Nevada, which we watched Carson Strong. Strong's a, a very good pro quarterback prospect. Dubs is his primary target. Uh 6'2, 200, and just about as air radio of a receiver as you can find in the sense that he runs five routes. He probably can only run about five routes. Boy, can he run them. Uh and he is, <laughs> listen. And and it's not even like uh that much of a criticism in the sense that like when he goes to run a slant that thing is polished the feet are on time he is exactly where he should be every single time he's working leverage upfield he's winning with body positioning and it is consistent. like you know he knows how to work to grass and he knows how to do it with expediency because he knows the quarterback's going to expect him to get there um the fun thing about dubs is that he is and i i know i said this of Tolbert as well. He's faster than people realize. Uh, And he, uh, you know, Mountain West again, so it's lower level competition. So you got to remember who they're going up against. But Dubs is a absurd vertical threat. And it's because he has absolute wheels. Uh, And so when he gets those those first few steps in the ground those first couple cleats in the ground unimpeded and there's no physical contact uh he's gonna win most of those races he is actually pretty good as well at 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 being physical in the first five right in the contact window uh and and knowing how to work with that as well uh hands he has a drop a game you know what i mean like it's Mm -hmm. it's really uh there's I, i i there's not a common thread Sometimes there's there's body catching stuff. Sometimes there's just bad catch technique, hands away from the frame. Sometimes it's turning upfield. field, um, but he has drops problems for sure. And I don't really know how to diagnose those. Um, but at the same time, like they'll just throw him jump balls because he does have contested catch ball abilities. Like I said, it, it's tough to find a common thread on that. He's a little bit all over the place in that regard. Uh, He's going to be a tough player to to have a full projection out for. He plays exclusively on on one side of the formation, right? He exclusively runs five routes. Um, So it's going to be that that, that difficulty that you have scouting air raid receivers. But I do think that he has NFL caliber size, speed, and movement skills. I would not call him a yard after catch uh, player at all. I don't think that he has much instincts as a runner. He's usually just looking for first contact, survive it, and then maybe get out of bounds. You know, he's not necessarily breaking a ton of tackles. Uh, And so is he, he is a vertical receiver in, in the air raid system, right? We've seen a lot of players like Dubs come out before. It's tough to have a, a particular thing to circle on him and say this is what makes him uh, a, a unique player or, or a special player or a particular standout player uh, among the senior receiver class. So that's Romeo Dubs. And then Chris Altman bell uh, very much the sort of player that, that I like. Uh, receiver from Minnesota, right? So Minnesota had uh Tyler Johnson and then they have Rashad Bateman and this entire time Chris Altman Bell has kind of just been like chilling behind them right and like not necessarily getting a ton of a ton of run or a ton of interest but now he's a rising senior uh he is six foot 215 very much so reminds me of Amari Rogers from last year in terms of the build right just a, a broad dude who's not super explosive but he's tough he's quick and he's smart with his feet uh, and so he's able to get, you know, they, they all they do is they run those in breaking routes. All they do is they run that RPO stuff. He's able to win from the slot and all that nonsense. Um, when he hits that double move, right? When he hits that slant and go, and some of the, the wrinkles that they build off of that, you kind of see some of the physical limitations, um but he's still able to make contested catches down the field. He's willing to elevate. He's willing to be tough. What's exciting is once, his hand he has a running back build and he has some running back ability uh, in terms of understanding flow how to set up his blocks right they use him as their screen player they use him as a design touch player mm-hmm. uh, and so I, he's I, I I like that sort of a mold right that, that again that Traylenburg Samari Rogers sort of a mold right. so I do think that he is your your Amari Rogers sort of guy in this class Amari has more returning experience and probably more straight out athletic ability obviously he's coming off the injury I just think Alvin Bell is probably a little bit more athletically limited but still a, a player in that Shallow touch and then create afterwards mold who has a nice thickness, he's nice density to him, right? Carrying 215, uh, as opposed to like when you talk about Anaya Smith and him and Zay Flowers and kind yeah. of those sub 200 guys. Almond Bell's got some more toughness to him, and he he's willing to block. Uh, they're they, they asking to block a fair bit, and he's tough there in that regard as well, which is nice.
0: We got two more wide receivers that we're talking about Justin Ross of Clemson, uh, Reggie Roberson of SMU. But before we get to that, gotta remind people that bet online is the fastest and easiest. Way to bet on all of your sports. Actually, you can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including baseball, football, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, whatever you're looking for. BetOnline's got you. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to really get into the game. Head over to their website, or you can use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus when you put down your first deposit. If you use the promo code locked on. That's all caps, one word, locked on. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Two more wide receivers we're talking about today coming up after the break. Right. We've got two receivers who let's just say that if health was on their side, we probably would not be talking about them here today because they'd be in the NFL already. That's Justin right. Ross of Clemson, Reggie Roberson of SMU. Ben, which guy do you want to talk about first?
1: Uh, so I didn't do any repolishing work on either of these guys, right? Because I've, I've already watched. All right, Lazy, watched... got it. Hey, 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 that's fair. Uh, <laughs> well, like, you know, like, I've already watched their most recent uh, uh, film, right? But I watched it a while ago. I remember liking Justin Ross as a Tier 2 guy, mm-hmm. Uh Still feel that way about him. I think that this is a class that's got a lot of guys with vertical ability and, and, and kind of uh that that size and and that working that vertical third. So it's it he's a little bit less distinct than he was in the previous class. And then I remember really appreciating Reggie Roberson for what he is in terms of toughness and ball tracking and adjustment and everything like that. Just understanding that athletically, he's probably especially now with the injuries going to be a guy that's going to hit up against the ceiling so i was like tier two on both of those guys but i didn't brush up beforehand so did you watch for this for our, our i did show that you yeah you guys? yeah okay.
0: and, and i and i did some background information because i wanted to make sure that i got everybody up to date as well justin ross will be entering his redshirt junior season he's about six foot four 205 pounds uh was the former number one player in the state of alabama and yet chose clemson over alabama and i mean immediately made an impact on that clemson tigers team Played as a true freshman. Uh, his best games as a true freshman came in the college football playoff game. We remember some of the incredible circus catches that he had during that run. Led the team in receptions in 2019. And this was a team at Clemson that Trevor Lawrence was the quarterback. T. Higgins was still on this team. T. Higgins has turned out to be a pretty good wide receiver so far early on in his career. And yet they kept feeding Justin Ross more and more and he was a focal point of that offense. And so they're really going to him. It just showed how much they really believed in him. And he suffered a... Um, a uh, what what was the word that they were using? A, like I, I know it was like a vertebra or something. It was it was something. I can't remember what the word is. Is a bul- I know he had a bulging disc in his spine, and it was basically like he had like a compression hit. You know where it's those awkward hits where you know like the the right the the head is down and you just land awkwardly or you get hit awkwardly and it just compresses your spine down, and then obviously there's a lot of damage that can be done there and it was unknown whether this guy was going to play football again. You know, it's was, it was kind of like a similar outlook that DK Metcalf had, that Mike Williams had, had before at Clemson where it's like, you just don't know it, it, any, any kind of injury, major injury like that to the spine. You're not really sure. And so, He didn't play all of last year. It was unknown whether he was going to continue to play. Uh, Ends up recovering very nicely, thank God. And now he's back on the football field and and hopefully going to be that same player and maybe even better uh, as he's had some time off to really study, get into the game for Clemson. But... Yeah, I mean, he's his circus catches, I think everybody remembers those. Big vertical threat, whether it was from the slot or in the sideline. They were just hitting this guy deep and often. I mean, they were going to him whenever they really needed a big shot. His yards per catch average was through the roof when he was really consistently playing for Clemson. And so he's a big play wide receiver. I don't think he played as strong as he could have Uh, And I think that that's an area of his game that he could definitely improve on as a full-time receiver once again. I think he was more of a finesse, kind of deep threat speed player who also happened to be 6'4". Now, if you show a little bit more strength profile in your game, I think he's got the contested catch ability. I think that will all come there. Reggie Roberson, redshirt senior this year. Could have left last year. Last year was his senior year. Played in, I have this up right here. Like four games? Played in five games last yeah. season and was having a really great year. He stands about so good, s- he dude. stands about six feet tall, about two hundred pounds. The thing about Roberson is he was going into last season coming off of a foot injury that ended his twenty nineteen year early. And then after five games, he suffered a non contact knee injury. Back in October, that again. So this is this is two straight years that he's coming off lower body season-ending injuries. He only played in eight games the year prior, five games in 2020. Ben, yeah, Reggie Rivers is good, man. He's so good, dude. He's so good, it's just dude. About to help. He's so good. He's so good just the the, the the footwork the hand movement getting off press operating on the sideline having yeah, the, the, releases, the feet yeah. near the sideline setting dudes up being so explosive in and out of his brakes being a potential master route runner great at catching through traffic a big play player who's got a great mindset for yards after the catch I mean this dude is so good I love Reggie Roberson's game if you told me that we would get a fully healthy Reggie Roberson well I'm not going to give it away because I'm going to expand on that in tomorrow's episode of the podcast just where I might have him in my rankings but this dudes I mean he's he's the real deal I think that he could get a little bit he get a little bit stronger at the catch point I think that that's an area of his game that he definitely needs to improve but he does show that mentality in a lot of different like there are a couple of plays where just like he looks like he's trying to erase the guy he's blocking on a run play and I'm like dude yeah. just like bring that to contested catching and like we're talking about a full-time uh full-time dynamic wide receiver over here I think he's so explosive he's so controlled he's got such quick feet uh, long speed short speed whatever it is this dude's got it I love Reggie Roberson I really hope that he can get back to form because I really think that this guy can be a star in the NFL, and so I think that he is—he's uh, got a fantastic game. It's just about whether or not he can get over those injuries. Oh, I'm—I I, just—I can't
1: search my own name for Reggie Roberson clips right now because of Twitter. Oh, I can do it. I can try to find it. No, you can't. You can't search for any of my tweets. Oh, dang. No, but. I, I but just you know it's because of the whole freaking thing. But I just was scrolling through uh Roberson videos trying to find the uh the the highlights that he had against that game against Temple last year, where he mm-hmm. had I wanna say 19 touchdowns in the game, I think is how many it was. I can't remember. And it's that it's it's the one play on the sideline where he just makes that guy miss in space yep. and then just and oh, that
0: is off to the races, man. Holy <sighs> cow. No, it was the game against Memphis. It was the Memphis game. 5 was catches, 5 catches, 243 yards and two yeah. touchdowns. That's the one.
1: Oh my god. He's so good. It's <laughs> such a nice play. That one is burned in my mind cuz he makes two players miss in space. And the first one is quickness, but the second one is just ch- a little, little 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 hesitation, little adjust speed is just so it's so professional. It's just so like, all right. You're just a little yep. Memphis Tiger, three-star AAC defender, and you're doing your best, sweetie. And it's okay. You'll be all right. And just poof, embarrasses him in space.
0: Had five catches that game and averaged forty-eight point six yards per catch. <laughs> Half the field. It's just absurd. Oh, yeah, bro. no. So I, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, yeah, we we're going to talk about uh, where Reggie might stack up with. This entire wide receiver group and then personally in my wide receiver rankings, that's coming up tomorrow as Ben and I get to our top fives for this wide receiver class going into the 2021 college football season and then into the 2022 NFL draft season. As we said at the beginning of the show, we got a big announcement related to this podcast coming at the beginning of tomorrow's episode. Allies of the podcast, you're not going to want to miss this episode. It's very, it's some very important information moving forward. So that's all coming on the next episode. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here on Lockdown NFL Draft.